My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo and Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best. May the force be with you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast, where we talk all things Star Wars. My name is Colin. My name is Josh. My name is Hannah. I'm Hunter. I'm Brenda. I'm Sai. This is Christian. And we are here to break down the Galactic Star Cruiser review because minus one person in this group, everyone else uh, had the chance to go on the Halcyon during the week of May 4th. And that is not your normal cruise. That was, um, I got to see them go on planet. Uh, and they, and it sounds like everyone was wearing a costume or was really into it more than most cruises is what it sounded like. Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. we talked to some friends who had been on previous voyages and they said one, there was way more people in costume this trip. Um, they, there's probably about 90% of people on the voyage were in some form of costume, even if it was just a generic smuggler type outfit or bound or whatever you want to call it. And then there were also way less kids on this voyage, I guess, too. But okay. I think that all happened because May 4th, obviously being Star Wars Day, there was a higher concentration of super crazy Star Wars fans like us. Yeah. yeah. And on and for uh and for May 4th and Galaxy's Edge, it's not Star Wars Day, it's it, it's Black Spire Day. And yeah. The great thing about the Halcyon is if you go to Galaxy's Edge, you, you'll definitely, you know, see like of the theming here and there saying hello, travelers, bright suns and everything. But you got to times that by 10 if you're on the Halcyon. Um, and that is what we are going to talk about. We will we will give a summary of what the Star Cruiser mm -hmm. is like. Uh, we'll do a non-spoiler review first and then we'll kind of dive into of um, of the different storylines, because every time that you go on the Star Cruiser, your journey is not not going to be the same as someone else's. Uh, and that's the beauty of the Star Cruiser, because every time you go on, you get something new. And we have a lot of different perspectives in, uh, in, in this episode, because it sounds like everyone had their own different journey. Uh, but without further ado, Josh, take it away. Yeah, so, I mean, Halcyon in general, as just a very brief overview, it's basically a Star Wars cruise ship experience mixed in with you know meeting tons of characters you have actors for characters you've never seen before there are other characters that you may recognize that you have the ability to talk to and learn and grow with which is an amazing experience and first off just at the start thank you to all the cast members if you happen to be watching this you guys made the experience wonderful i know that the energy on the ship was amazing from the volume of star wars fans that you had there but the experience really is owed to those amazing crew members agreed so yeah thank true. you for that mm -hmm. But, I mean, for you guys, how would you, just the Halcyon in general, the general vibe, either the design of the ship or just the energy that was there, how would you guys even attempt to describe that? I think, for me personally, the only other time I've felt that type of energy was at Celebration. Because you're on this ship with 
all Star Wars fans who are all in for the fandom, and that's why they're there. Just like for Celebration, it's all fans, all there for Star Wars. And it's the same thing on the Halcyon, and that energy is palpable. You can feel it the moment you walk on board and the excitement and your interactions with fellow guests as well as the cast members. It really shines through, and it's this really special like really Star Wars saturated feeling, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. It was, it felt kind of like not as intense a celebration, but it was right up there. Like if this is the celebration energy level, this is the Star Cruiser. And that's probably just because it's a lot less time. Like yeah. celebration felt like a whole week. Yeah. Whereas this was like three days jam packed. It did not feel it's, like It's less days. time, less people. So it doesn't have the same build. But like it's there from the second you cross the gates just to get into like the, the launch terminal to get on board. Yeah. For yeah. me, I felt because there were less people, I felt it was more intensive an experience. Like it's a celebration, you're just part of this huge conglomeration. You're just like a little pin in the sea. And um, you really felt like you were an individual and part of this whole making this whole trip what it was versus just being like a spectator, which is how I feel at like celebration. I felt I liked this better and I felt it was more immersive than celebration from my mm-hmm. perspective. I can see that. Yeah, you didn't feel like you were sorry, sorry. You didn't feel like you were like fighting for like to get somewhere or yeah. to like see things. Yeah. And like the cat both the cast and the people that were just like working on the ship like kind of go out of their way to like try and talk to as many people as they can and like interact with you in a super immersive way like even the people working like in the gift shop like it was awesome Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely i will say to me at least you know you're probably on board for just around 48 hours in total it felt like a whole week, like day one, we were four hours in and nothing had even started really. And we were like, geez, we have so many hours left today. Like it, went, <laughs> like it didn't even start. And we were like pooped already. We were like, all right, I, we can like, we're, we're happy. We can go to bed now. They, they were long days for sure. Yeah. I think the second day, what time did our alarm go off in our cabin? Was it 630? 630. 630. 230, I think it was. Yeah, it was 2 or 230 mm-hmm. by the time we went to bed. And it was yeah. just a jam-packed day of all Star Wars. And the vast majority of that day was an immersive story experience. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. We're kind of talking about both the immersiveness as far as the story itself but i think more so at the beginning of our discussion here we're also talking about just immersion as far as the feeling of being part of the star wars fandom but the immersion in the story itself goes even beyond that and that furthers it in a very different way than celebration yeah and the immersion of being on a spaceship is like you you arrive and no spoilers here for the first you know few hours you know they give time for people to actually arrive and shuttle up and all that stuff but because of that you get a a good few hours to just enjoy the ship and explore it and not have to worry about looking down at your data pad and trying to you know find out if you have anything else to do you can kind of just enjoy it 
And I think that experience was very important, not only to understand the layout of the ship, but just to you know get a feeling for what it was like to be there. Mm-hmm. To be fair, we were also looking for like secret doors and missions during that yes. supposed yeah. downtime. Yeah. <laughs> we were yeah. walking everywhere, scanning everything. Trying to get mm-hmm. in places we weren't supposed to get into. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. I got, yeah, I did that. And I, I don't know if we want to get into the story now, if that's kind of where our discussion's headed or at least the general beats of it without spoilers. But that first window that we were just talking about, that's a time for people to get on the ship and get situated like Josh was saying, but there's also things that you can do in the story during that time, but they're just kind of limited until the main kickoff with the cast. Yeah. And really quick before we go a little bit deeper into the story and probably at the end, we'll really go in depth on a review going into some slight spoilers, but just at the start uh, from everyone here, do you think the experience was worth it i know there's there's a hefty price cost that goes along with this experience but if you had to give a quick tldr if people can only listen for a few minutes of this podcast what would you say to them if they're debating on going on the star cruiser do it i would say it was worth it yep i would say it's worth it but be very cautious of what trade-offs you want to make so like if you want to go may the 4th that is going to be more expensive than any other weekend but like just you know i would do your own mental math (laughs) in general even if it's not a fourth trip it, I would say it was probably it was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And, yeah. Um, there are different ways to mitigate costs as well. Like Sai said, May 4th is going to be more expensive. So you can go on a not Star Wars Day trip and it'll be a bit cheaper. You can split your cabin between multiple people and that'll save on costs as well. In our cabin, we had five people and and that allowed us to share the cost a bit more and bring it down. So there's different things you can do. It's it's an expensive experience regardless. Mm-hmm. But this episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. As we all just said, it's we all agree, I think I can say that it was 100% yeah. worth it. Yeah. yeah. And when it comes to splitting the cabin, it's there are, what, five areas? There's a double and then there's two bunks and a pullout as well. So there's a lot of opportunities yeah. for you to have larger parties in a room. Uh, that's just the standard cabin. Like, there's yeah, also just the larger standard. cabins where you could probably fit more people. Um, yeah. So, there are t- <laughs> there's two captain's suites on there, and each of the captain's suites have two bedrooms, each with a queen bed and a pullout. And there are also two bunks in there and then another pullout in the living room. So yeah, yeah. I think so you can it's basically two rooms with a pullout and like a little living area. It's like a like a college yeah. dorm suite, basically. Yeah. yeah, I think it's like eight to ten people in there. I think it's yep. eight adults max. You can do ten people if you have two kids. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know that for sure though. But like that that's based off our conversation with Meredith and Brooke. I was talking to them about it because, like, yeah. in theory, you could fit two more people in there, and they went yes, but they were very adamant about it being two kids coming in when they were yeah. trying to book mm-hmm. it. Not more. 
Yeah. And for those listening, Meredith is a friend of ours and she also is a travel agent who specializes in booking the, the star cruiser as well. So she really helped us through the planning stages of this and she had been on the voyage before. So we had a little help knowing what to prepare for. And it was really nice to have questions answered beforehand for just stuff like the rooms or any type of general things about the ship itself and the stay specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all of us went in completely spoiler free or yes. at least as much as we could. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it yeah. was, it wasn't a, we went in knowing exactly what to do. It was a, we went in and learned along the way and it, we still had an absolute blast and it's information is given to you at an easy enough rate where you can understand it very easily and get along and move with it. It's not too hard. You don't have to worry about missing out on something because yeah. you weren't paying attention. It, it's it's given to you fairly easily. And if I can backtrack just even to those first four hours where we were boarding, you know, because we were, what, the third group in, I think? Yeah, oh, wow. third or fourth. Third or fourth group in. And then because there is four hours where they that's those four hours where they're bringing luggage on board. It's where they're bringing the rest of the groups on board. Um, can one, grab lunch. You can, grab, you can go grab a lunch, which we did do. It was fantastic food. Um, but one of the big things that like just talking about the immersiveness without going into story spoilers was like the cast members that were working in the gift shop or just walking around during like, you know, their training. Cause some of them were crew in training like, they had little pins under their like, uh, cast member pins. Um, they would keep it in, in, in character, even when no one else was around. Like I remember walking into the gift shop and hearing two of the attendants talking about how done a study abroad program on Coruscant after from like the University of Raxus and now they like they were talking about like you know oh like and then you were said early like you heard some of them talking about relationship issues and they had like oh yeah I dated a stormtrooper too it was a mistake yeah there was a it was like even <laughs> though the conversations were very clearly like about their actual lives they had code words for everything and right. it it was a very cool like immersive aspect that I didn't consider initially yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So just diving in itinerary wise, you know, touching in like the things you can expect to do day one, day two, day three. Uh, I mean, does anyone want to take that describing what day one is after those, you know, first few hours of going to the lunch buffet and just kind of relaxing on ship? I can go for it. Sure. If you want. Shoot. Um, I'll start by saying there are, so you have your data pad, all of your scheduled events show up in the Disney Play app in the Star Wars Star Cruiser data pad. And some of those events will even populate before you're on the ship. And those are the events that are main story beats that are mandatory, as well as there's a couple different events. There's a bridge ops training and a lightsaber training. And both of those are events that everyone gets scheduled. And those will happen at various times. So for some people, those were on the first day. For some people, those were on the second day. Me personally, we had lightsaber. I had lightsaber training on the first day. Bridge ops on the second day. For some people, it's flipped. For some people, they're all on one day. But the first day, you get on the ship, and then there is a like a kickoff event where the cruise director and the captain are talking to you and such. And that is where the story starts to roll into things. The The whole experience is framed as if you were on a, a cruise ship, but in space, it's a galactic star liner 
just a luxury cruise. And that is, that's the, the thing that informs all of the general design as far as the story is concerned and the ship that, that defines the design aesthetic for everything. And then in addition to that, um, there's the story that plays out as if it were playing out on this cruise ship. Uh, so for, for storyline purposes, where in the Star Wars timeline does this voyage take place? Because I know it's the 275th anniversary, and then this is also lining up with, um, uh, like, it, as, as the 200, 275th anniversary of, of the Halcyon. It's like, it's that number of voyage, and then it's li lining up with the timeline that's happening in Galaxy's Edge, where it's taking place four months after the events of the Battle of Crate and a couple of months before the events of Rise of Skywalker. Yep. So going in, having it be with the sequels, not everyone is a fan of the sequels, but from your guys' point of view, do you think that that kind of um kind of hurt your journey? Like, or was it like, oh yeah, I'm 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 all in. Like this is great. It's it's just a voyage of Star Wars. Because I know not everyone is a fan of the sequels star wars wise it's still a tale of good versus evil it's blanketed in that so whether or not you're a diehard for the sequels or diehard for the republic or the yep. ot or whatever it is this story is still very rooted in what makes star wars star wars you have mm -hmm. the clear-cut good guys the clear-cut bad guys and you have the smugglers and scoundrels in between so you know you have people in white armor walking around so that experience is still very tangible whether or not you're a diehard of the sequels so i don't think that really matters too much for the experience there yeah. you go i would say not only that i i felt like after having i'm not a big i'm like i enjoy the sequels they're good yeah. i don't like them as much as i like the prequels or the ot um because you know clone wars diehard fan so yeah uh, but <laughs> Like I felt personally at the end of the trip, I felt more invested in the sequel trilogy just a little there bit. There you go. It, it opened up a little bit more character-wise and growth-wise. And that part of me was kind of like, I remember getting off there and like sort of thinking to myself, I was like, wow, they should have put this in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I definitely felt more invested in the cause of the resistance after this trip. I'm in the same boat as Christian. The sequels, even though I enjoy them, I rank them below the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy. If someone asks me to rank which Star Wars movies I like best. And it's not because they're bad movies, but I they just didn't resonate with me the same way. And that could have been because of my age or whatever when they came out. But this experience, it was a much more intimate relationship with those causes in the factions of the sequel trilogy and that really drew me in more and now even still it wasn't just like while well, i was on the voyage even still today i feel more invested in the sequels okay you got like a boots on the ground feel almost like you very felt like a, you got the small character kind of viewpoint of the sequel storyline as opposed to you know, the main characters that were so heavily focused on in those films. So it was almost, yeah. I don't want to say it was an Andor experience, but it kind of was. And you got that, like, that smaller building blocks feel of what these characters are going through and what the galaxy is going through at that period of time. 
That's a great way to describe it because of when people first started going to Galaxy's Edge, they they also felt the same way because they were like, wait, it takes place during the sequels. Like, well, why not do the original trilogy? But then after exploring the planet, learning more about it, it was like, oh, wait, this is awesome. And and on top of that, I uh, which this is something that, that Josh and I talked about, but there is different callbacks to two different stories in Star Wars. Like, um, uh, there's a lot of stuff from Solo in there, it feels like. It, it feels like there's also different, like, um, kind of different uh, callbacks to uh, almost every era. And that's also just like in uh like on the planet of batu if, if if you look around it especially over at doc Ondars, you just look up you, you can see almost everything from every era that has ever existed in star wars so it's awesome that it is taking place in a certain time period but also there's different things from across the timeline yeah but yeah absolutely now there's a quick little side note on day one and throughout the rest of the time you have the food area there's like the buffets for breakfast and lunch and then there's the dinner when food was mentioned i saw hannah's eyes light up so <laughs> hannah would you like to discuss a little bit about that experience <laughs> it was a whole experience i think like the we talk about how everything was immersive like even the food is immersive the way it's presented to you not just like the food itself but even like the little depending on what you're eating so like at lunch they had the like I don't know what you call them, like little like plate things that went on like a larger tray, kind of like you're Portions. literally in a cafeteria, but like, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was like the style. See, like you're in a Star Wars like cafeteria and like just the way the food was presented was just like so cool. And, and then it tasted amazing. So I just yeah. don't even know what else to say. And then the second night when we had the like fancy dinner, they did, it was like a four course meal. And I think it's seven if you're at the captain's table, mm-hmm. but that like you pay extra for. So we got four, four course meals. Um, and each of them were based off of like a different planet. So there was, I think we started with Mustafar mm-hmm. um, and then Felucia, Kashyyyk, mm-hmm. and then was it Chandrilla? Yeah, we ended on Chandrilla. Yeah, that was the yeah. episode. So like, was easily yeah. Oh, okay. it was so good. And they'll give you more food. You can eat as much food as you want, which is incredible. Yes. Yeah. Had we really known that, we would have eaten a dinner. lot more food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We found Just that out like, during yeah. the Kashyyyk course, yeah. like, second to last one. <laughs> but they did bring us more, and it was yeah. fantastic. And you can get all the blue milk you want, which is great. Yes. And we took some at the end in our water bottles we filled them up to go (laughs) it was great yeah so uh food i would go back just to eat the food be honest agreed yeah and like the food also added to like the immersion where instead of like serving you a steak which is beef they would call it bantha or olive skin was Mm -hmm. like tetyev and then um like everything had its own peculiar name especially the desserts like they would never call something just like a lemon or just berries like it would be from a specific planet and it was it really added to the whole like immersive aspect mm-hmm. yes. i i also want to add like i know we didn't have any like food allergies or specialties some of our friends did 
and the way that they're like super accommodating for people who like can't eat certain things who can't um they have special diets whatever they just accommodate you so well i know someone in the facebook group made a comment like about their kid being very picky <laughs> and he ate buttered noodles most of the time but they made them for him so, yeah awesome. they're really good about accommodating that for any type of allergies or intolerances and stuff meredith mm -hmm. our friend who is on there she has a few different dietary restrictions and they're great about accommodating that both in the food that you get during the meals as well as the drinks too they'll make you special drinks if needed mm -hmm. yeah and the way they all yeah. come out it's like a food parade you know they're all just yeah. the way they come out of the kitchen and stuff is pretty cool yeah. it, was, it was very fancy extremely it was fancy. very fancy yeah. it Josh, is i still have a bone to pick with you about your steak <laughs> just don't harm the efficient man <laughs> <laughs> it was the most efficient way I made it. I was like, done. Thank you, And you can, you can dress formal twice. I saw some other people do that, not just me. Okay. You definitely bring two formal fits and then do two formal dinner nights if you want to dress up in like fun Star Wars clothes. I will do that yeah. next time. <laughs> yeah. I do want to mention before we get off the topic of food too, we were talking about the cost of the trip and if it's worth it. So included with the cost is all you can eat for the food and all you can drink for non-alcoholic beverages. The alcoholic beverages were awesome as well in the sublight lounge, but that all you can eat caveat too was something we didn't really know how much we could, I don't want to say abuse, but something that we could use. Um, but the food's really good and that alone, like they take care of you with the food again, if you have restrictions, but even if you just want to eat more like we did, they yeah. are more than happy to just continually bring you food. Yeah. And the all you can eat also goes for the bar snacks, which the second yes. we realized we had lots of pizza come out. <laughs> We've had one dinner. Yes. yes. What about a second dinner? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And like all the non-alcoholic drinks too. It's not just like the standard coffee, tea, water, juice. Like they'll also make like, you know, the things you typically get at like specialty coffee shops. Like they'll make you a cappuccino. They'll make you a latte. They you do can... latte art. Yes, they do latte art, which I was so, because I ordered like two lattes during dinner because I wanted coffee desperately. We were up for a very long time. And like all of the different like cups of coffee I had, they had like different latte art on top, which was very cool. Yeah, very Absolutely. Cool. They oh. also, oh, sorry. Nope, you can go. You can go. They also give you like a voucher for when you're on your Batu day. So you can go back to the ship and eat, or you can get one, yeah, one meal, right? And yeah. then a drink with it. It can be an alcoholic drink or a dessert in place of that. But I thought that was really cool. Like, I had no idea that you could do that. And mm -hmm. we definitely took advantage of that. So it was awesome. <laughs> So and that's a great segue into talking about day two. So just finishing off day one, we had, you know, the story finally starts up. We had lightsaber training that day, which not to go too deep into spoilers at this moment, but it was a very fun experience. We all had a blast and, you know, you stay up for hours. And then at around 10, the story takes a pause and they close off like the, 
a few select of the rooms that are very integral integral to the story, and you're kind of held to either being at the bar in the main room, which is called the atrium, and then of course your sleeping area. So once it reaches ten, you're kind of able to just sit back, relax, and enjoy a different type of life. And you know, being in the cantina for you know four hours every night, which is basically what we did, was very enjoyable, and it never felt too crowded too, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were a lot of people that went to bed like as soon as the story element was done. And then there yeah. were a lot of people like us mm-hmm. who were kind of like, well, story element's done. Who wants to go drinking? Yep. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Night one, we had a mission to try every single one of the specialty drinks in the sublight lounge. We can't accomplish that mission. mission one mission. <laughs> that's not a story mission, by the way. That's, yeah, that's yeah, you don't have to. mission. <laughs> <laughs> it's a personal mission. Yeah. Absolutely. So after that, we got. You know, of course, we were in two separate rooms, but I think we got four, four and a half hours of sleep maybe before waking up and starting the morning excursion to Batu, which is on day two. And that takes up a good, you know, half of, well, half of the day. It's the morning to about early afternoon, which is a short amount of hours compared to how much you're up after that on board the ship. Yes. Yeah. Um, but as for the Batu experience when you're on this, it's very, I mean, it's extremely enjoyable. We had a lot of people go in armor. We had Mandos. We had Leia and Han Solo. And we met some friends that were there. There's a large group of us there, as you can see in the picture. But So, as- so, so I, I heard this rumor, but you're allowed to wear your armor on planet, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. No, we, just, we broke all the rules. We somehow snuck by. They didn't notice four Mandos walking. Yeah, we spent eight hours on planet and no one noticed us. We were just, we hid behind bushes. It was a whole operation. Yeah. <laughs> Every single picture you see happened in the span of 30 seconds before we got kicked out. Kicked out. Yeah. 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 Do, we did a lot of rides in 30 wanna, seconds. Do we want to talk about costumes and stuff now or do we want to get through the story and then talk about costumes? I, 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 I mean, to be honest, I think it would just be good to kind of get that like kind of under the bridge because every time that you guys have posted something on social media, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Yes. That has always been the question yes. in the comments. Like, yeah. Okay. yeah. By so. far, like Colin just said, every time something gets posted by far, the most common comment is, Oh, I thought you couldn't wear helmets. Oh, I thought they didn't allow cosplay in the parks. Oh, what any variation of that. Um, yeah. So for starters, they are, one extra lenient for people coming off of star cruiser Two, I think they were more lenient because it was star Wars day. Mm-hmm. Um, and three, even if you were to do this, not from star cruiser, if they let you in, we don't have experience with that. So we can't really say, um, you still have to be respectful of their rules. Yes. And that's the big thing that I think, people fail to consider when they talk about someone they know who had an experience walking around, say they were wearing like a Kylo Ren mask or something and they didn't want to take it off and they were wearing it the whole time. And then a cast member had to say, Hey, can you remove your mask or have to confiscate it or something? And being, you can't go in any type of costume and try and be that character because you do not, you're not an employee of Disney. You do not represent that character in the parks. So when we went, I will say we didn't really ask for any type of permission. We just kind of did it. Um, We got up super early that morning and put on our Mando armor and went down to wait in line for the first transport 
down to Galaxy's Edge, um, Betu. Um, and I halfway expected to get to that terminal and have the cast members there on the Halcyon say, hey, you need to at least leave your helmet back or something along those lines or tell yeah. us to change. Yeah. But we got there. They were super stoked to see us, which was they really cool. Pumped. Yeah. Yeah. And even down on the planet as well, the cast members are really excited. Yeah. And again, I do want to reiterate, like we weren't wearing our helmets the whole time. We no. walked out. We only put <coughs> on for photos. Uh, another thing too, you, because you're not actually representing a character, you can't take pictures with other part guests. Um, they can take pictures of you doing your thing, but you can't be posing with them like you're a character for the most part. People in the park were good about that. We had a few exceptions, which we probably don't need to go into, but it's all about respecting the rules. And the, I guess the reasons Disney has those rules um, and being there to to be what you are, which is a fan in costume and not a character. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think yeah. mentioning that we we were just fans that were there. So you know, helmets off. You're walking around. It's just people in armor walking around the park. They're you know sitting down to eat. They're sitting down for the rides. You know, you know have, finding a place to put your helmet during Smuggler's Run must have been very interesting <laughs> under, the seat. under the seat um, <laughs> holding it between my feet yeah. yeah but at the end of the day we were all just fans being there to enjoy the atmosphere just like everyone else we just happened to have hard armor not all of us i didn't but a group of us had armor hard armor on instead of a t-shirt because it was like 95 degrees outside yeah, yeah. yeah. and i don't hot. think you know like they're super lenient with people on the healthy end. I mean, we, we're going on, we go through security, we, we're vetted. I mean, I can't even imagine if the park just let anybody do that. I mean, how could you even control that and check everyone? And, um, you know, we kind of go through those processes and we're in an enclosed space. So then we can get right to the park and mm-hmm. all those security issues that maybe that was just a random anyone from off the street could go in that would that'd be pretty tough for them to manage i think yeah i think especially like some of the comments i've been getting in dms i've been getting are specifically out of people in southern california it's important to note that disney world's rule about wearing a costume in the park is very different to disneyland yeah disneyland you can bound you can wear just like a casual smuggler outfit if it's a special event like our worst nights happening recently you can wear a more in-depth costume like a friend of ours just went as Obi-Wan Kenobi they brought their Mandalorians in that night that was very much only because it was Star Wars night and I think uh Disney might be looking at some of like because there's been a lot of interest now and like oh I a full armored costume to the park I might do that and I think we might see a change in those rules coming up um but it's it's hard to predict, but this like Disney World is different than Disneyland in that right. Regard. And the main reason why that is is because it actually is because of the Halcyon. Yeah. Uh and you have people that have uh like this group had the wonderful opportunity of going on and when you're in the Halcyon, you are allowed to wear costumes and, and everything. Yeah. And if they did restrict that of 
yes, you can wear it on the cruiser, but you can't wear it on planet. That would kind of hurt the journey in a way because maybe the character that you are on the cruiser is Mandalorian and, 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 and the armor and everything is part of your religion. So when you go on planet, you know, that goes away and that kind of kills your story and that kind of kills the butt. So, yeah. and that whole, and, and the whole thing about galaxy's edge and the whole thing about the Halcyon is that you're, you are being immersed into the world of star Wars in a galaxy far, far away, no matter what. And Disneyland doesn't have that. So of, uh, of, of, of the star cruiser. So with that being said, that's the biggest difference between Batu East and Batu West. Yep. And I and, and 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 again from a outsider's perspective hanging out with everyone that day. Um I'm telling you it was oh. awesome. It was a lot of fun. Uh and I again it felt like celebration just walking around and seeing people wear these costumes and everything, but you were in the in in the galaxy far far away and that's a kind of hard thing to do because of when you're at, at star Wars celebration kind of like what brenda said uh you are kind of in the outside perspective and you're not the main character because there's so much going on but when you're on planet and you're doing that and with in your with a big group of fantastic people i think that makes the experience more worthwhile so me not even being on there i felt like I was there with you guys experience. I remember I was, I was walking around with Christian cause he was doing a mission and, uh, and we got stopped by stormtroopers, and it was the funniest thing. And Christian just slowly just put on his helmet and was just like, so the amount of uh, yeah. solo open chest shrugs that people were doing. That's all you can really <laughs> yeah. imagine through the helmet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I can't even uh, I cannot even imagine of what Josh was going through of going on the Falcon dressed as Han Solo. Like that is um, mm -hmm. that's like fulfilling a childhood dream because some people are going to Galaxy's Edge for the very first time and then adding the experience of the Galactic Star Cruiser where it's it's being immersed times 10 than what you are on the planet. It, it, it must be incredible. So yeah. I, I I felt the excitement just coming off of you guys of just walking around and everything. So yeah, no, it was wonderful. And yeah. again, being mm -hmm. on Batu that time being there, it's not just a oh we're gonna send you over to Disney World to enjoy for a few hours. It's still very it's a part of the story very much so just mm -hmm. as everything else is on your trip. Yeah, um, there were, there's a lot yeah. of missions are running around to do when you're yep, on so. World. Yep, and back to the data pad, it's kind of more of a, like, you know, you're going around and exploring Batu more with these events on your data pad rather than, because on Star Cruiser, you're talking to people. That's the whole gist. You're talking to people and the actors and the crew that you talk to influence, you know, what's where your story direction is going. On planet, it's more explore the planet. You know, you're you're going off of those conversations you've had previously and now you're going around and finding places you might not have noticed before if you had previously been on planet or if this is your first time nonetheless. So that was, that was extremely enjoyable and you get to do both rides. Mm -hmm. And they do give you the lightning lane for those rides too, which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. If I remember correctly, there's also, at least for Smuggler's Run, there's maybe some slight vocal differences that you get from Hondo if you're on Cruiser. Yeah, I was I, way too focused on flying. <laughs> yeah, I think it's flying. They they check that you're there from the Halcyon via your 
your Disney Parks play app. So the, the dialogue from Hondo changes a bit, which was interesting because we were in the park the day before. And even then, it was already thinking that we were Halcyon passengers. So we got to experience <laughs> yeah. that extra dialogue a couple times. But yeah, the dialogue may change, but the ride is still the same. Yes. There's yep. no like different paths that you like planets you visit or anything like that it's still very much the same ride yeah yeah so anything else discussing but two wise before we touch on day two on ship for the rest of that day no if you do wear armor it's gonna be hot yes (laughs) yes Yes. and uh and and that reminds me uh as we were waiting in line to take this picture I just remember, I remember looking at Brenda, and 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 she was like, "Is it time yet?" I'm like, "We're we're almost there. Just hang in there." And I know <laughs> it was near the end of the time that that you guys were on planet, but I'm really glad that we waited in line because those pictures turned out fantastic. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. I know we need a picture, and now yeah. that we have the pictures, I'm yeah. like, I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm pictures so glad. are great. That was the last yeah. thing we did. We no, were all were all ready to just. Be back in air conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. My um, knee broke right after this photo. And I was like, that's a sign. We have to go. I'm done. We both looked down and it was like between us. And I just picked it up and shoved it in my bag. I was like, oh, it's time to go back. And yet we still wore armor for like hours after that. Yeah. yeah. So we so, went back on ship and all you guys were still in armor for an hour, two hours after that because we got back and it was just right back into story beats we had bridge ops training very close after that so yeah Mm -hmm. well might as well not change before that and do that so for me that was an amazing experience looking around and i it vividly sticks out i look around on the bridge and i just see hunter in his mandalorian armor helmet (laughs) off to the side he was probably kneeling at that point in time which is why he looks so small yeah we We spent, at least me, Christian, and Sai spent eight and a half hours in armor that day, which regardless of what type of environment you're in is a long time to spend in a costume like that because they are not comfortable. Um, So like Josh said, we got back to the ship, stuff kept happening, and we ended up being stuck in our armor for another Mm -hmm. couple of hours after we got back. The experience so, of being so, in armor was so fun. We weren't even going to be on Batuu the whole time in our armor. We no. were going to go back and change and then go back. And it was like we were having such a blast that we're just like stayed in it the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I know like officially the excursion for all guests starts at 8 a.m., goes until 4 p.m. I think 3.50 is the last shuttle back to the Halcyon. If you stay in Hollywood Studios past that time to get back to the Halcyon, you have to leave the park, get a ride back to the main gate to the Halcyon terminal, and then take a shuttle back onto the ship. Wow. So they do, they like, you will actually get a ping if you're still, like, I got a, a notice on my data pad being like, hey, you've left planet. Are you planning on returning later today? And I went, no, I'm, I'm done for the day. I'm going to stay on the Halcyon for the rest of it. And it went, okay, mm-hmm. and then it just, you know, stopped sending me notifications from the park. If you leave and say I'm coming back, it'll give you a reminder being like, remember, this is the last time to leave without having to do the long way back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
And again, battery packs. I know it's been said on many other podcasts before. <laughs> battery packs for your phone are extremely yes. important to keep that thing charged. Not only do you need it for almost at least 50% of what actually happens, maybe a little bit less than that, but it's very important for your journey. It's also very good for telling the time and finding your group and everything else. So yeah. keep that thing charged. Yeah, you're on like a spaceship in space. You can't really like look out the window in order to gauge what time it is. Like I definitely had moments where I was like, oh yeah, it's only like seven o'clock. It just got dark. And I look at my phone and it's like 11. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's very odd being like, oh, it's 2 p.m. And you look outside and you see like ships flying by. And you're like, yeah, it's all dark. <laughs> there's no actual windows there on the house even. The, the yeah. only outdoor space is the environment simulator. Yeah. And those have uh, windows to the outside. Yes. yes. But like the window in your room, if you shut off screen, is off. It's not a window. Mm -hmm. It's a TV screen. <laughs> yeah. And it has a very cool lens. So it like it fits in every direction you look. Like There's no like break in the screen. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. The depth perception yeah. on all of the windows and ports was phenomenal. They did a really good job with that. Yeah. yeah. And... Quick segue to the rooms. Very nice. Very like it felt very Star Wars. The bunks looked right out of the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Uh, only gripe I have is that when you have the window open so you can see, you know, space, and sometimes you'd see hyperspace go by, there's this little ring of LEDs around that window that also mm -hmm. must be on. Yeah. And we really wish that you could oh, right. just light those LEDs off but still see space. Yeah. So that if it there was like a nightmare room. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, that would have been amazing. We did leave the the window on, I believe. We did. We did for the first night. First yeah. night it was on, and then it got turned off. I'm pretty sure it was on all of night two. Yeah, yeah. You want to see yeah. space? We, it's very we were just also we're tired. Also we to bed. To be fair, waking up and seeing space is just so worth it. Yeah. I kept holding out hope because like we jumped to light speed a couple times and when they do it on like the main bridge you all see it from your window which like you know ties the entire ship together I kept wanting to see Purgle I was sitting there in my room staring out the window waiting to see Purgle never got it upset the room may not have, have to go back you do have a droid companion in your room yes. and that's D3. D3. yep and you can press the little button and talk to D3 and we can I know Christian and Sai had a lot of interactions with D3. So we, we can talk about that when we go more into story spoilers for what their journey looked like individually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, day two is just a very, it's a, it's a story driven day. We also did uh, bridge ops training at that day, which is kind of like so an augmented reality video game, sort yeah. of that is the best cool. way I can describe it, but very, very cool. And uh, yeah, and then of course, you know, because of the people you talk to, you get other things that appear on your data pad that are yellow, which are things special to you on your itinerary. There's like black, which is just for everything, everyone. Then yellow is, you know, things that are special to what you've earned, what you've got, what's been assigned to you. So, you know, you do a lot of those and then the story ends on day two. It has a wonderful finale. And then again, at 10, everything closes off and then the nightlight begins. Light life mm -hmm. begins. Nightlife. Yeah. Well, Space night life. Space I don't know life. how to space life. Yeah. Space <laughs> life. Yeah. So yeah. I guess before we get into the spoiler discussion, we maybe should have done this to start, but a quick recap overview schedule of all the days. So your first day, you board the ship, you have a getting situated period, and then there is the the kickoff with the captain and cruise coordinator. And then the story goes, 
or cruise director. Yes, sorry. <laughs> muster. No, muster. Muster, yeah. Muster up. Um, and then the story goes for the rest of that evening, ends around 10. Then the following day, you have your Batu excursion, which can go from as early as 8 all the way up until 4 p.m. or 3.50 for the last shuttle. Following that, you have more story events on the ship all the way through probably maybe even later than 10 on that second night by the time everything finished up. And then you have just your general hangout time in the atrium and the sublight lounge again. And then on the final morning, it's really just breakfast and getting ready to deboard. And there's no story events. No. And dinner is also on day one and day two, like during that. Yes. And it is a part of the story as well. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So awesome. So anything else, non-spoilery that we want to discuss for Star Cruiser before we start delving into spoiler territory. My my last big non-spoiler thing is on that last morning. It is going to be a rush morning. Yep. Because uh, if you want them to take your bags out of the room and like so they'll just bring it down to the terminal for you. Your bags must be packed and outside your door by 8:30. Any later than that, you have to bring them out with you. And if you like I was talking to the person downstairs at the guest relations desk and they said, if it gets to like, it's the like nine 30 time clock, they'll say, you know what? Just leave your bags by the door again, but they're going to be the last things off then. So you have to wait at the terminal for a while. Yeah. Also, they will ship stuff from the Halcyon to wherever you need to go. It's yep. not cheap shipping. No, it's not cheap shipping. It's $125. If you steal anything from the, from the room, that's also not cheap. They, Nope. Yeah. Don't steal room. <laughs> Do not nope. steal room. We <laughs> did ask. We did ask, yes. You can take it. They'll just bill you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe one other thing that would be good to, to go around and say before we get into spoilers, too, as far as non-spoiler advice, we could all go around and say one thing that we would do differently or wish we knew going into it. I know for me personally – I did get to doing this uh, later in the evening on the first night and then definitely all day the second day. But I personally wish I was more assertive, I guess, being part of the conversations with the the main characters that are part of the cast. Um, not that it, I mean, it didn't make for a bad experience because I wouldn't, but I could have been involved in more story elements had I been a bit more a part of those, those intimate moments with cast members at the very start of the voyage. Same here. Mm-hmm. I have the opposite. I kind of like by do I, I guess like the end of day one, I like zeroed in on this is the, this is the storyline I want to be part of. This is the thing I want to do. Cause like the first day I was trying to do everything. <laughs> I was like, me and all Easter eggs, I will find them. And then by the end of it, I was like, no, this is the one I want to do. And I think the experience was way more enjoyable once I picked the one thing and only focused on the one thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hannah. Um, I was thinking more or less the same as Hunter and Christian especially because I'm a very shy person. So getting to go up to people is a little bit more difficult. But once I 
kind of did. And I even kind of did it in a way where I was like, there were other people over here. So I went over and then I was able to like talk to the captain or um, something like that. So I would say even if it's just there are a couple people by a certain character or something just going over there. I know there were like um, certain like like the Saja, like there were groups of people that did stuff with them just even in the atrium. And I'm like, how did I miss this? Like, so even mm-hmm. just walking around a little bit more or just going up to, you know, little groups that are by just any of the mm-hmm. cast people. Yeah. And at Luster, they, they do they do say, like, we encourage you to talk to people and also don't be afraid mm-hmm. to just, if there's a conversation, just walk up mm-hmm. to it. It's, it's not yeah. like high school click scenario. You're free to just walk up to anyone you want and start joining in a conversation. Yeah. And it's beneficial yeah. to you if you do. So yeah. it takes a little bit of you getting used to that. Uh, I was fortunate enough where I was able to just jump into some conversations right from the start. And that really helped to go into the journey that I wanted to have for the voyage. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed that. For me, it was I really should have broken in my belt rig, my Han Solo belt rig before the trip, <laughs> because I had probably worn it for 30 minutes to an hour before we went on that trip, and then I wore it for, you know, 36 probably straight hours, so I very much wish I broke that leather in a little bit earlier. <laughs> I would say I focused too much on my data pad, you know, like I was just always looking at it, waiting to get a message in. And not only with cast members, but I think other voyagers like um, missed a lot of those sort of interactions, which if I were to go back, I would, I wondered if you didn't like go through your whole data pad, what would happen to your story? Like if you didn't answer all that, but you were present um, for them, but not really on your data pad. Cause I felt like that's really what I was like, Oh my gosh, I got a new message and I got to do this. And yeah. And responding to those do does like put things on your itinerary for new events mm-hmm. for you to go to. So keeping the eye on it is important. Yes. But yeah. yeah, not being super focused is beneficial to staying in the world. And last non-spoiler thing I wanted to bring up some amazed. It hasn't been discussed yet. There is a droid on board. That's that's special to the Halcyon. <laughs> yeah. So keeping spoiler free, I know all of you guys loved that droid within every inch of its being. Yes. Yes. So much. Yes. Yeah. So I'm waiting very, for uh, mine to deliver. I want SK. <laughs> but yeah, so it doesn't have Phillips screws on its body like R2 and Galaxy's Edge does, which I know I was excited to see. Yes. Um it's it's a very well done droid. And you see it a lot. So Yeah, as you should. Yeah. So now touching into spoilers. So if you do not want to have any spoilers on some <coughs> possible journeys or paths that you can take on the Star Cruiser, go away. <laughs> like listen to other podcasts. But yeah, so we are going to be touching on the spoiler things. And from all of us, we went entirely spoiler free and yeah. we had amazing experiences still. So mm-hmm. make, like, you don't need to be worried about knowing what different paths are because you will still find one that's very enjoyable to you just by being present on the ship. So yeah, so mm-hmm. spoiler time. 
that time SK got captured. <laughs> I was so terrible. I wanted to I die. Yeah. So ship opens during muster. The first order comes aboard. You you, you introduce to a bunch of different characters just at that start. You have Wraith Cole, which is like the you know guaranteed smuggler type that's on board, who I spent a lot of time with during the voyage. Very happy I did. He's uh, a scoundrel. He's a, yeah, he's a scoundrel type. Yeah, Josh, before we get into the characters, do we want to talk about the general paths that we can take? Yeah, we can, I was just going to touch down on Muster, how like, it introduces all those characters yeah. for you to talk yeah. to. So it's not yeah. like a, the First Order comes in day two, that's when you can start talking to them. It's Everyone's there from the start. It's who do you want to go talk to in this kind of giant talk sandbox. Yeah. 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 yeah they're, so like Josh was saying, different characters will kind of direct you towards different paths, but there are four main story directions you can take. There is the First Order. There's a scoundrel path, which kind of walks the middle, but I would say is still kind of more of a good guy path, but you get some of your own stuff out of doing it's more self-resistance. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a general resistance path and then a force user path as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you can mix a lot of them as well. I know I had like a good chunk of scoundrel stuff, but I also had some resistance and some force users. So not like an excessive amount and you can put all your eggs in one basket as well, but kind of spreading them out and doing a little, getting a taste of each was also very, very, very fun, at least from my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So just as a refresher, if we want to go through and describe what path you think you either heavily focused on or which ones you think you got the most of, what would that be for each of you guys? I did resistance. I like started off doing a lot of them. Like I did the Jedi, the scoundrel, um, did a little bit of first order too. And I was like, at the end of the first day, I was like, I want to do resistance. I am firmly on the side of SK. <laughs> the moment I knew what side the droid was on, I was like, well, there I am. Here we go. Fully devoted to this little guy here. <laughs> yes. Also did expect him to be a part of like I went and I made like a little SK bag and he's like oh it's just the droid on the ship that would be cool because I didn't listen to any of the spoilers beforehand and then the moment went on to the ship and I was like oh there he is and he's a part of the story like that was a no brainer for me I tried to go as much force user as possible for my story I went kind of a mixed force user in resistance um, but mm -hmm. still leaning a little more towards the force user side of it um, SK flirts, by the way, according to the that. cast members and the cruise director, flirt was flirting me. with you heavily every time that bag was out. <laughs> <laughs> My familiar, like they have familiarity levels with um, like the different characters, and I didn't check, but I'm pretty sure my familiarity level with SK was very high. Spent as much time with the droid as possible. Wait, the SK's moment. listed on the familiarity no, list? No, SK's not listed. No, okay. he's not. Okay. No, but any any good interaction with SK goes towards your Lenka familiarity. Oh, and the actors SK are is good numbering names as well. Yes. Like, yes. The actors who play these characters, even the actor who plays Chewbacca, who does make an appearance multiple times on the cruise, it's the same guy. It's the same people that do that, and so they will mm -hmm. recognize faces, they will recognize either outfits they're in yes. or anything else, so those mm -hmm. developments feel very organic. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Hunter, what about your path? So I started um, just on the scoundrel path because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was kind of sure I didn't want to do the first order thing. 
So I went scoundrel to see if I wanted to stay on that path or go more towards resistance or the, the force user path. And just sort of by chance, I ended up more on the resistance path. Those were just the characters I happened to interact with more and the events I happened to stumble upon. There was one point where I didn't really have anything on my data pad that I needed to do. So I decided to go explore. Um, I know my mom, she was talking about like focusing too much on the data pad. Going into it, I expected the data pad to inform me of what to do like in the real world. And it was kind of the other way around like what you did with characters and how you interacted informed what came to you on the data pad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really have anything on the data pad and I just decided to wander around and see what I could find. <coughs> Excuse me. And I went to one of the rooms, I pressed the button and the door slid open and Chewbacca was just <laughs> there. <laughs> and that was a really, really cool moment. Um, and that, event is probably really what pushed me down the resistance path for the rest of the mm. voyage. And yep. I definitely, like I said, I went in, I kind of wasn't sure. I'm very happy with the path that I went down. I do kind of wish I continued to talk more intimately with the characters to get more involved in more events. But what I did have, I was super happy about and super pumped with, and it was a blast. Absolutely. Brenda? I was resistance from the get-go and um, didn't really change all throughout and was happy that was the path that you know I had I had chosen but yeah it was Hannah I I honestly did not know that there were different paths to take I didn't know how much interacting with characters did for you I didn't listen to a single thing about Star Cruiser. I wanted everything to be just like, what's going on? I want to figure everything out. So I had no idea there were different paths. And they did, like we said before, they tell you, like, interact with people and all that kind of stuff. But obviously, they don't tell you why. Uh, so <laughs> I just kind of, you know, you have different options of ways you can respond to all the different people sending you messages, whether it's the First Order people, uh, the captain, um, or whoever. So I always just chose whatever felt right to me. Um, I figured when I was answering like First Order people, I was more resistance, like good guy type thing. Uh, so I just kind of chose like whatever felt right. And that ended up being resistance um which i ended up doing a lot of stuff with hunter we'd end up going to the same places so when we saw chewbacca i was like all right we're just, we're gonna we're gonna help him do whatever he needs i'll be here for him mm -hmm. so that was that was really fun i don't regret it at all i part of me kind of wishes that i knew about different paths and how it worked but i also am not upset at all with how everything turned out so next time i'll just know that there's a certain path i can try and take more absolutely i was pretty like 50 50 split with uh scoundrel and resistance it felt like 
Um, and I'm pretty sure scoundrel-wise, there's a lot of different paths for scoundrel. I know I partook in a heist event, which was super, super fun. And there were only, it was me and like what? I think it was two other people along with the Wraith Cole character, the main smuggler guy who went and did that. And that was one of the highlights of the trip for me. But I know some other folks who did other stuff with Wraith that either was involved in that story or a different one. So at least smuggler-wise, there's a lot of different special events that you can get just through that path alone. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure at least. Um, but yeah, so I don't know how they work it out, but it's who you is cast members that your phone is near for periods of time. Then they start sending you messages on your data pad as Hunter yeah, said, it's what you do in real life influences what's on your data pad. And then so, what you answer on your data yeah. pad influences what happens in real life. It's a very symbiotic relationship. What, what I think it is, is a lot of it is proximity measured off your magic band. So what, okay. either whoever you're spending time around or what kind of areas you're doing, like going into a lot, will that will be measured off your magic band because your magic band is your key. So once you yep. unlock access to the engineering room, like through part of like, you know, one of the ship's terminals, then you magic band up to the door that opens the door for you. But I didn't have that code, but the door was open to the engineering room. So I just walked into engineering and I got a message on my data pad being like, I see you found a way to get in without having to break open the door. I don't know how you did that. <laughs> and I was kind of like, yeah. it was open. <laughs> yeah. And I know uh, someone brought up earlier, it was like, you didn't have to fight to get in somewhere. There was definitely a fight to get through the brig for the first like two or three hours. Oh, everyone wanted yeah. to get there. Yeah, no, it was you, you know, on the data pads, you get a key and then that key expires after like 15 seconds or something. Yeah. And like there's two terminals equidistant from the brig. And so you have to like mm -hmm. call it out or do it and run over and try and get it, which is what I did later day one. But like there's always there was always someone at either terminal trying to get in. People like yelling over each other, trying to yeah. it's right next to dinner. So people were walking in and out from getting mm -hmm. food and it was just a whole mess. When you didn't even need to, because yeah, yeah. everybody got all hyped yeah, about yeah. getting in there. It was like, well, yeah, I didn't even need to right do yeah. 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 yeah, it was very important for certain story beats when characters are in there that you need to free or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the, it like the information you can look in the control consoles and see the code to open the bridge and other information and stuff all the time. So. People just assume because it was in there, it was important, even though it wasn't at that time. Yeah, absolutely. And I know from talking to a few people that were trying to do first order storyline, that one's the hardest one to get. Yeah, the first like you order. Have to, yeah, you have to very intentionally be a villain to get like a first order specific storyline. And I think because mm -hmm. like at the end of the the like the second night there's like yeah he names them all who, out he names people and there were yeah. like six people <laughs> yeah like five six out of a eight. voyage of about what? 120 yeah one of them was like a 12 year old yeah he was yeah. so dedicated to it a little fascist so <laughs> yeah no and he was like i've never seen someone with so much cynicism laughing. And that's cool. when talking to cast members helped too, because I kept trying to get mm -hmm. in the cargo hole. I'm like, I gotta get in this cargo hole. Do you have any tips for me? I just got she explained to me like I really didn't need to be in there because I didn't have 
Mm-hmm. Anything yeah. that was taken from me that was in that, you have to have a cargo taken from you to, you know, but there's still these missions and they have like orders. Like there's an order that things need to be done. And I don't know, but you can see them on there, even if it's not something you have to do at the time. Yeah. So I felt like I wasted some time doing things that I didn't even need to be doing. I, I think all of that does come back to what I was saying about assuming the data pad was informing what you should yeah. be doing. Yeah. When in reality, it was just what you were physically interacting with yeah. that was really guiding your story. Yeah. The like, data pad kind of me, just spits back more of what you're doing. Like it's yeah. who you talk to. And yeah. then it's like, oh, you're talking to this person. <laughs> Maybe you should go do a scheduled story meetup at 4 p.m. Do this yeah. thing. Yeah. Right. And like, I, I had that on the first day where like, you know, we, we got on board. I immediately opened my phone to the data pad. I was like, okay, is there anything here? I need to like, okay, just a couple messages, get throughs. And then after a little bit, like nothing populated, I was sort of like, well, I'm just going to go mess around with the ship a little bit and see what happens. And I noticed there was one time where I started, like, like I got into the, you know, the terminal and then I was like, oh, then I got a message from Wraith being like, oh, so what I do will also affect what happens on the data pad. Yeah. At that point, I was kind of like, I will take care of the stuff that shows up on my data pad as fast as possible when I can, so I can just go mess around with it and see what else I get. Yeah. At the start, I uh, even before like muster, I tried to get into the cargo bay because I saw there was a push <laughs> button yeah. door open. I did it and scanned it. I got a message from the captain. She's like, what are you trying to get in there for? So I, I made it my entire goal over the entire voyage. Like talking with Wraith, I was like, dude, I have some stuff that I need to put in the cargo hold because I don't want the first order looking through my room and finding this stuff. And then that became like my whole in with talking with Wraith. And eventually I ended up talking to Asaja that was close to Wraith about getting in and you know, a whole shebang. Yeah. It was funny because like three of us got access to the cargo hold before you did. <laughs> and we yeah. weren't even trying. And Wraith was like, yeah. I've sliced every single door. I know I can get in everywhere, but the cargo hold. If you get anything, if I get anything, I'll let you know. The same should go. I was like, same, dude, same. If I get anything, I will find you. So we were on Batu. All you guys started getting like, oh, you can go on the cargo hold now. I was the last person to get that notice. Yeah, after I got Josh. <laughs> Josh yeah, like, I got it. it. And went and talked to Wraith, and I was like, "Hey, also, cast members are great at improv. I did improv for a good yes. couple of years, and you can throw them some curveballs, and they'll do great." Like I, when I, the second I got cargo hold access, I just happened to see Wraith in the atrium. I was like, "Hey, dude." I was able to get in. He was like, oh, awesome, let's go. And so we went down and he, you know, had some fun things to say and, you know, just for long enough that he got himself out of there and did other things and talked to yeah. other folks that he had to. Mm-hmm. So props to them for having amazing improv skills while keeping everything within story and character. I, I ran mm-hmm. into Wraith in one of the turbo lifts coming down, like going up from engineering. And I was talking, he's like, you know, I heard a Guy might be interested if there was a, a tweet like Mandalorian on that too. He's like, really? I didn't realize that there were tweet like Mandalorians. As soon as we walked out of it into the atrium, there's Sai with her fucking <laughs> off on the chair next to her. And he's just like, that is the most morbid thing I've ever seen. Because I, <laughs> I had just shown him a picture of you on like, you know, a hollow scan. And he was kind of like, wow, that's incredible. And he walked out and there's just a decapitated head basically on the seat next to you. And he went, oh my. And I went, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, yeah, like funny. that. The the reason that we didn't get to change out, or like I specifically did not change out of the like armor right after we got back, is because right when we got back, there was a specific mission point, and the only mission point I cared about, which was saving SK, right. like that was it. That is the only thing I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I was like, I will stay in armor until SK is safe. This is all I care. Like the really funny thing for me was because I had the same mission. Like you know, you get back, go to the terminal, upload the unlock code, yeah, out, and then meet. Like that happened, and I was being sucked into other story bits. And then by the time I was like, okay, we've got downtime until bridge ops. I pulled out my phone and looked at the time. I was like, I have five minutes. I'm just gonna write it out. Yeah. <laughs> no, we did bridge ops and armor, which was fun. Mm-hmm. It was hot all day. It was very sweaty. My feet hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. At I got one point, I was kneeling down in front of the console because <laughs> my boots were hurting my feet so much. But yeah. you guys look great and you got some really awesome pictures. Yeah, I was so ready to not walk for another day of my life. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then we had dinner and I was like, I'm aware of th- I'm wearing my boots through dinner and then I'm taking them off immediately. And we sat down for an hour and a half of dinner and I was like, I feel rejuvenated. Like, and I kept them on for the rest of the night and everything else. But yeah. mm-hmm. I remember the, the first night when you guys were handed those little slips of paper where you had to, like, there were three slips to make a yeah. message. Yeah. And you guys were all being super hush hush and keeping them away from me because you didn't know where my story was. <laughs> well, okay, <laughs> you were so Ignite the spark. Like, Chris, where are you yeah. going? Like, fuck. Like, I don't even know. I know. <laughs> I'm going to go this way. <laughs> I know. Hannah was saying that she, like, was with Hunter for a lot of the time. And that's great. I did not have that. I, like, hard. Hardly saw you guys. I only saw you during like meal times and like scheduled. We're in our excursion. Yeah, the other times I was just like off, and I was like, "Where is everyone?" Yeah, that goes into a really good thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, for the first like two or three hours, once the story started, it was very hard, especially because we were a larger group. At least for me, to not compare what I was getting on the data pad or what I was getting story wise yeah. with mm-hmm. what you guys were getting. Yeah. And it was after, you know, two or three hours where I was like, you know what, it's going to be different. It, it is going to be different for everyone. Even if we have very similar conversations and scan the same stuff, it's still yeah. going to be different. And once you accepted that, at least when I accepted that, the trip became so much better for me. It was way it, easier. It was, yeah, it was so much easier and you weren't worried about, oh, I didn't get that data pad message. And you're like, well, I got this data pad message that they didn't get. So it's, it, it's yeah. a give and take that still works very well for every each individual person. Yeah. Yeah. Do we want to run through the individual characters? I know Josh, you started to do that, and then we got Side- sidetracked. <laughs> okay, sure. Big surprise uh, with this group. Wraith Cole is the best human on Earth. Uh, no, I mean he's not well, no. Earth. I've 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 never, I've never heard of Earth. Earth, 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 Earth is Candrilla. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I misspoke. So so Wraith. He's the discount smuggler character. You have, I mean, he, he's a very interesting person to talk to. He was the manager for Gaia, and he was very interested in helping her help Ryloth, amongst other things. He was kind of the smuggler helping out the captain. He was a smuggler helping out uh, the cruise director, helping out Gaia with all these individual different things. And so that's kind of an, an add-on to the different paths you can have with Wraith. Uh, but there are also other characters. Yes. It's probably good to talk about Gaia next because yeah. Yeah. she is one of the main characters, or probably maybe one of the focal points of the voyage. So as Josh said, 
Wraith is Gaia's manager. Gaia is an intergalactic superstar, as they call her. She's a musician, singer. She performs during the first night's dinner and then has some other smaller performance moments as well as being really involved with part of the story mm -hmm. uh, throughout the voyage. But her whole thing is trying to smuggle the coaxium and other things to the first order and kind of using her fame as a front in order to do that mm -hmm. and get her access to things. And she has really good music on top of it. She is a good entertainer. She is. I've been listening to her music ever since we got <laughs> Yes. She, her album came out while we were there too. And they like added that in. Yeah. They were like, oh, yeah. Raya's new album that's coming out. I thought it was part of the story, and then I realized that it was actually something yeah. happening. So that was a new album. I thought that when we were coming on, they're like, oh, it's the 275th Voyage. I was like, oh, that's an interesting like tie-in to Star time. Wars Day. And then I realized that that's just, it yeah. always is that. Yeah. Yeah, which, Hannah, by the way, you forgot that poster I gave you, by the I way. I know. I realized that I forgot to message you like two days ago, and I was sitting at work, and I was like, oh, I <laughs> And the second album came out on Black Spire Day, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. What we're yeah. Saying. yeah. So yeah. you guys had the great opportunity of seeing it live, correct? Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. a song or two from it. I think. They were like yeah. a new song yeah. from Guy's new album. Yeah. From, so cool. from what I understand, she was singing those songs beforehand, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They finally like released them on whatever streaming platform and iTunes and stuff. So yeah. you could actually listen mm -hmm. to them outside of the Star Cruiser. There you go. Yeah. I think That's if cool. we keep in going with Gaia, there's two more characters that tie in closely to her. Yes. Yep. Let's talk about those. We've got Sandro. He's a super fan. Um, Sandro is one of the characters that rotates out. He's got a different actor every voyage, um, from what I understand from talking to other people. Um, but he's like he's the, he's the mega fan. He sneaks on board to like you know get to meet her. Is originally super bummed when she's not already on board at the muster, but she arrives later. Um, and then we have the musician that's behind like all the music that guy is singing, which is Wani, who's our Rodian on the trip. And it is the most incredible Rodian mask in the world. It's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> as as someone who wears an alien costume with my Bosque, that mask is fantastic the amount of animation they have in that with the eyebrows and the snout and the lips and the eyes and everything it's incredible one yeah. i don't know how the actor wears that costume for as long as they do no because yeah. they're in there a long time yeah they spend like most of the day in it, and i don't know maybe they go back All and dinner out or something All yeah dinner. under show lights now yeah. whether or not that's a different Twice. mask that they wear don't know but still Animatronics or no animatronics yep. for being under stage lights for an hour and a half. That's, yep. that's a long time. And like moving around the whole time. It's not like they're just like DJing mm -hmm. behind like whatever section they have. They're they're dancing, they're walking around the room. Mm -hmm. It's like phenomenal. When yep. they talk, there's, you know, also like the different voice lines and like as they laugh, you can see the face laughs alongside the audio track. It's, it's insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I wish my Hondo mask was like that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And she speaks Satis, and there's no translator with her. Yeah. It is yeah. completely just I, that was a really interesting thing to me. And it was it was pretty cool because it's kind of 
what like as a Star Wars fan, what I imagine talking to R2 or Chewie would be like, or I guess it's mm -hmm. how I kind of view listening to them on screen. It's the same kind of thing. You have all mm -hmm. these context clues and physical body gestures that inform you about what they're saying. And it, it was surprisingly mm -hmm. easy to kind of get the vibe that they were going for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I found it very similar to like if I'm in a troop with a Chewbacca for something, and I'm you know if I'm on for that event, it's a very similar dynamic where you're trying to like create a conversation or a story just based on a few growls and what their motions yeah. are. Yeah, it's very similar to that. No, that's how every Chewbacca interaction was too. Yeah, because it is like you know there there's characters that tie into Chewbacca that are translating what he's saying or providing context clues for what he's saying. Mm -hmm. But you can also just sort of read what he's saying based on conversations. Yeah. And sometimes they don't. Sometimes they, they just do it, and sometimes they just let the conversation go between you and Chewie or the group yeah. and Chewie or whatever it may be. I mm -hmm. had that happen a few times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You had some good conversations with Chewie. Yeah, mm -hmm. Chewbacca. So other characters... Yeah. We had the first order, of course. We had Lieutenant Croy. I think that was his name. Yeah, Lieutenant Croy, and then there's two or three first order stormtroopers. There's two of them, and then there's connected to the kind of first order section. There's the ship's mechanic, Sammy, Sammy. the lying scumbag. I believe he is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, he's good. I like to. After after you know, Sammy and I got over the initial hatred. Um, like he sent a message being like, "You don't hate me, yeah. do you?" And I was like, "What'd you do with SK, bro? How do you want to talk?" Yeah. Yes. So Sammy is the engineer technician for the ship, and yeah. he kind of gets yeah. forced into complying with the first order, and mm -hmm. ends up putting a restraining bolt on SK, and that's kind of like imprisoning the droid for a little yeah. section of the story, yeah. and. None of us in this group were very happy with him from a story standpoint when that happened. Um, yeah, I really like that character and that actor did such a phenomenal yeah. job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He walked and, it. Yeah, he killed it. And it was funny at the end of the trip. Uh, they at, at the end of the story, I guess they have all the characters kind of hanging out so you can take pictures with them or talk or whatever. And uh, I wanted to take a picture with Sammy. And he looks at me and goes, dude, the way, the, the look in your eyes killed me yesterday after I bolted yeah. up that day. He's like, I couldn't sleep after the yeah, way you Yeah, because you guys body blocked him from leaving. Yeah, yeah like we, were, we were toxic to him. Like full Mando armor. The two of them just sort of like standing there. You, know, you going somewhere, Sammy? Yeah, no. And I... Yeah. There's like on his, you know, there's like ship profiles for each of them. And his like time on the ship was redacted and all this stuff. So I was like very mm -hmm. much against him from the get go. And then he bolted up yeah. SK. I was like, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Anti Sammy squad. But yeah, no. Yeah. Sammy was a little a great. sus. Uh, then there's the captain and the cruise director. Yeah. Uh, captain is Captain Keevan. And then we have our cruise nice. director, Lenka Monk. That's, yep, absolutely both interesting characters i didn't feel like they had as much they were kind of surrogates for the resistance the cruise director almost more than the mm -hmm. captain yes mm -hmm. um yeah did anyone have any in like extensive interactions with them that they could talk more so about them? i i had two extensive interactions with the cruise director 
Blanca. Blanca. Um, the first one was on the first night. This was after the muster, and she was coming down with drinks, and everyone was talking and chatting. And I talked to her a decent chunk, and I talked to the Saja after that. Um, but I was, I was talking to Lenka a decent amount, and it wound up being very, like, from that moment, my at least good side story was locked in. Because um, this was after, like, the Lieutenant Croy comes on board, and, like, all, everything happens. And she was just like, so how, how do you feel about the First Order being on board? And I went... I was really hoping to get away from them for this, you know, trip. But since they're here, I may as well do what I can to stop them from being any way useful. And there was just that little like twinkle in her eye, being like, "I see." And that immediately, like, I checked my data pad as we got back up to the room after a couple hours, and my familiarity had gone from being like neutral with basically everyone to being high and high trust with Lenka and low with Lieutenant Croy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then. Uh, there was, I had an interaction with her later as well on the second day where uh, this is during the droid racing um, when you have to distract Lieutenant Croy while other things are happening around him. I think that's when you like, you're freeing SK. Mm -hmm. um, and she like turned to the group that was like around her and went, does anyone here have any special talent or anything they can do to kind of like throw Lieutenant Croy off for a little bit? And everyone's sort of like looking around. And I went, I, I speak a little Shriwook because, you know, I, I can do the Wookiee growls. And she went, great. You talk to Lieutenant Croy. Everyone pretend to understand what he's saying. I know Croy does not speak Shriwook. <laughs> and so I was, you know, growling at him and like, you know, like roaring and bellowing. And he was like, I don't speak Wookiee, you hairless mongrel. <laughs> and I was, and I had, like, before he'd come up, like from the turbo lift, I told everyone, I'm just talking about the weather on planet. That's it. Just comment on that and agree with me when I say it's hot. And then at some, like, and she was like, after like a couple minutes of that, just switch back over to basic, act like nothing happened, nothing changed, and he'll be like thrown. And he was thrown for a little bit. That was the first night. That's when you were getting. Uh, that was the second night. That was day two after we came back. Was it? Oh. Yeah. Was that when I was, still, was coming back? It's hard to know. In, I was still yeah. in armor. It was right because right as we come back, one of the first things that happens is you free SK, right? And you have to distract him. So I like was there distracting him as people are like you know crowding around SK and like covering SK with like a cloak to get him down the stairs into the turbo lift. Mm -hmm. I will say I just changed your nickname in my phone Chris to hairless mongrel. <laughs> <laughs> Have you never met a rare hairless looking? <laughs> but yeah, yeah so any other characters that we have yet to discuss we han and i had a really special interaction with the captain that i think speaks to how invested mm -hmm. the cast members are with star wars in general um but we had a really cool interaction when we were dressed as han and leia and i'll let hannah talk about that a little bit oh uh, it was Don't so cry. cool we were <laughs> Yeah, so nice. You're on camera. Recording. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was so nice. So like like a little preface, like I was super worried that like this dress like wasn't going to arrive to me because someone very nicely made it for me from like a Facebook group. Um and like I was really nervous about wearing it. I was like, I feel like it like was kind of fitting funny. So I was like very just like didn't and know how I felt. To fill the listeners in, Hannah and I were dressed as Han oh, and yes. Leia from the uh, Princess and Scoundrel book. So Leia has this specific green flowy dress that's really pretty. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
Yes. Um, and we were, I think we were just like walking around and yeah. we were walking like around the bridge because sometimes they'll leave it open for you. And the captain was in there and we were just kind of like around these other people and she commented on my dress um, and she said, I, I kind of forget like the middle part, but she, she was like, oh, like last time I saw this dress, it was on this like some compliment about Leia um, being like a great woman or something. I don't really remember, but, um, and then she said that it like fit me well or something. Like I, I yeah, it was a comment like, oh, last time I saw someone with a dress like this on board, it was yeah. like a great leader and woman like and that. that you wear it well. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. So I wear it well. I couldn't think of like how she worded it. But yeah, so uh I was just like I just didn't even know what to say. <laughs> Cause I was like, I knew that that was the dress from the book and like I was like, oh my gosh, like I didn't expect for anyone to like from the cast to make any sort of comment about it. So it was like clear like she knew what it was and I thought that it was just like uh it was just so yeah. nice. Gave <laughs> like, I think stuff. about it all the time. Wait, yeah. but, like, speaking yeah. of the book, did you, like, notice how much the book, like, tied into the, like, yes. when they were talking about, like, yes. the level that things were on, like, this is where the dining room is, this is where the atrium is, it all matched up to the book. Like, I knew that the atrium was on level four because yeah. that's the same level it was on in the book. Like, they talk about, like, all of those yeah. things. I, I really wanted to ask D3 if she knew... Leia or remembered her because in the yes. book Leia interacts with D3 a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, yeah, you should ask D3 if she next remembers uh, Han Solo. Yeah, next time. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's all the like character it. discussions. I know yeah. some of you guys have talked about like your favorite inter some of your favorite interactions. Do we just want to go through really quick for the next like you know next few minutes just talk about like what was something that really stuck out to you character interaction wise that happened? there's there's one last group of characters which we haven't touched on which is the saga. oh the saja that's right um, oh, so the saja is a collective group there's three of them mm -hmm. um, officially there's supposed to be four but one of them is missing and Sammy fills in that role for musters because um, yep. they are like officially they're like the handlers for the ship um, and they're like you know senior like you know officers underneath the captain and underneath the cruise director. Mm -hmm. um but in reality the saja are i think two of them are very force attuned and very like tied into the resistance and there's one that's friendlier mm -hmm. with wraith and is more scoundrelly yeah um, yes yeah i think for our trip uh like they they're they're it's very difficult sometimes to get them to like open up about their part of the story um, but like the once they like I, I first night I was wearing my just like a smuggler outfit, but I had my Obi-Wan saber clipped to my belt. And one of them like came up after the muster and was talking and sort of looked down at my belt and looked back up at me and it's kinda of like, that's a very uh, interesting piece of, you know, belt decoration you're wearing. <laughs> and I went, Yeah, you know, I was told it belonged to like a great uncle or something. <laughs> and he was kinda of like, I see. Well, I look, I look forward to seeing what you do with it. Just know that, like, you know, you can't use it on board. We have our own, like, practice sabers. And I went, yeah, but, you know, it wouldn't be the first time I've handled the lightsaber. And he was like, okay. And he just, like, you know, the, that immediately affected my path as I was going. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brenda, any standout interactions that you had? I heard that there was a 
pin excursion that you and my mom went on. We did. We <laughs> have heard there were artifacts available. If we got into the gift shop on our own with no one else in there and asked if artifacts had been delivered. So we did end up with uh, these special pins Ooh. that you had to ask for. Um, and I, I had a few interactions with um, our cruise director and was real, like after my very first time I even, and I hardly talked to her that long and she asked me my name and she remembered my name like the whole rest yeah. of the trip. It was right? Awesome. They were wow. very good with names. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Chewy, I mean, we got stuck in um, the engineering room with Chewy. For, <laughs> I don't know. It was, a, yeah. it was a long time, but it was a lot of fun just interacting with him and trying to keep him from, like, he just wanted to get out and we we're supposed to try and be keeping him safe. And he was just really wanting to get out and break out of there. And um, so, but it was fun. Yeah, those are probably my favorite interactions. Absolutely. <laughs> I love for Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, one that really stuck out for me was day one. It was actually the, the experience I had that made me go, oh, I don't really need to compare to what everyone else is having. So I realized just how different it was. Because you guys were all going over to the bridge to do some scanning thing. And I had a message that they go down to engineering. So I was like, I'm just going to go do that. So I went down to engineering, opened the door, and it's – I opened the door, and there's no one in there except for Chewbacca and a worker. And so I had like a – it felt like 10, 15-minute conversation with Chewbacca. That's And like that's became uh. – like just through making stuff up as I went along, became like Han Solo's twice-removed cousin. <laughs> they, broke, they broke the news that Han was dead, and then oh. it was like a whole conversation erupted, and then Chewie was like – it was like, do you want to be Chewie's new Han Solo? And he like looked to see if I was stabbed, and it was a whole fun interaction. Oh, did he my looked to there. see if you were stabbed. Yeah, he did. He's like, be your new Han Solo? He like pulled back my jacket. And oh, no. at it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that was it. Was so much fun and uh, lots of jokes and banter between him and I, and that was a blast. And then after I left that, I realized no one's trying to get in the brig. And so I try to get in the brig. The door unlocks, so I open it. I'm like, hey, awesome. I turn around, and the stormtroopers are body blocking the doorway. And they both individually take a step forward. And so I get backed into the room, and I'm like, I'm just going to close the door for you. <laughs> so I close the door in the brig. And that was a whole fun interaction. Then they, like, stood guard and closed the second door, and I had to get out because the grate that's supposed to open up to engineering wasn't opening either by yeah. the button or sliding or anything. So I had yeah. to like, wait for them to leave their posts and escape. And yeah. but that was talking to Chewie and then seeing him on day two. And he like, you could like see the recognition, had a quick conversation with him. And that was hands down one of my favorite interactions I had. On the yeah. Show. Great yeah. for you guys to get like little individual side things that were going on. You know, whenever people are missing, like oh, what's I doing? Yeah. They're all, you know, because everybody's doing different stuff. We're just gone. <laughs> I feel like the one that I always wondered was Christian. He nice. was always just yeah. going around being super yeah. secretive. Like, yeah. I feel like he was doing everything on the ship. There was one point I was like, is Christian like, secretly doing First Order? Just so was, like, I was so <laughs> worried. I was like, you know how much I like am deep into the resistance right now because of SK. If my significant other turned out to be the First Order, we would have a major breakup on this. 
our cruiser, I'd be like, excuse me. I'm pretty sure you would have stabbed me. Yeah. We yeah. are team SK and that is it. No, I, I, I kept it. Murder in international waters. <laughs> I, I kept it really like, I kept my part of it like pretty hush hush for the first part of the first day. Just because it was kind of like, one, I wanted it to be my own story, but I also, like, I wasn't hanging up, like, the same kind of things you guys were on my, like, data pad. That's because if you go with the Force user route, it is the most, like, kind of aloof storyline. So it's the one where most of the, the interaction is on your data pad, because the Saja are very specifically only around those lower levels or in the atrium mm -hmm. occasionally. Yeah, because they have lightsaber training for good chunks of the day, which yeah. does involve a good deal of them, as opposed to, like, Rafe, who's commonly walking around. And, and sometimes it's one Saja during training, sometimes it's two Saja during training. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we don't have that much longer. I really wanted to bring up doing this again. Uh, if you guys would do it again, yeah. but would like if you just yes. do it on a heartbeat, uh, <laughs> yes, just I know, a, yes, <laughs> I know. I talked about it before. Personally, I would want to wait until they kind of revamp it or give it a new story. I mean, the Halcyon's yeah. been around. No, I do it again right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I forgot fair. the beard hair. Like, I gotta go back. I left a hair tie in the cabin. We kind of gotta go back. It's fun to imagine how they could rework the Halcyon because, of course, this time period isn't going to be relevant forever. And mm -hmm. so, you know, if you think about like a decade down the line, could they revamp the Halcyon to have a new story based in the Republic era or in the High Republic mm -hmm. or however that goes around? Because like, yeah. I think that very clean Chandril and ship design can work for multiple different eras of Star Wars. They can put it into that time frame very easily. So yeah. for me, it'd be fun to do it again when there's an entirely new story, new characters and new interactions. I think mm -hmm. that'd be a blast. So... I Something that I do want to throw out there is one way they keep bringing people back in is that you don't have to do the same mission every time you go on. Yes. So, for example, yeah. the next time you guys go on, Josh, you don't have to be a smuggler. Oh, yeah, no, you absolutely. Totally choose a different storyline, and then that's how it stays relevant because there's more than just one storyline every time. Unlike Galaxy's Edge, where you are kind of in Groundhog Day. Every time that you go there, it's it's going to be the same day that you go yeah. on. So, mm -hmm. but yeah. And it's I would say for me definitely like if they revamp the story I'd love to go even more than I want to go back. I would love to try and get a different story if I went back like soon. Um, I know for me I'd also I would change up entirely how I was packing like costumes and clothes. Like I, I would reduce my luggage by half basically. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd try and go, like, maybe bring Jedi garb and try and go Volsaja. Yeah. Just try something completely different. Yeah. I was worried I was that was going to be, like, too... Sorry. <laughs> I was worried I was, like, too, uh, I guess, like, fancy with all of the outfits I packed. I feel like I could have gone a little fancier. Like, maybe some fun headdresses next time. That would be nice. Mm -hmm. I was a bit more pared back because we were staying there for the whole week, so I had to like yeah. pack a bunch of stuff. But next time, if we go just for the Star Cruiser, I would 100% be like, like this is my Met Gala. This is what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm with you, side. Yeah, I would go all out for the nights. That's for sure. End of the day, the trip was an absolute blast. We all had so good. hours and hours of fun, and it felt like a week within the span yeah. of 48 hours. Yeah, I think we are well, six people who would go again. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And you really get a special bond with people when you go through something like that as well, too. I think mm -hmm. it's yeah. just, 
You just can't explain it to people who haven't done it. It's yeah, got to do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you got to do it. Call yeah, yeah. Colin, you got to join next time. I, I will. <laughs> I definitely will. Trust me. Awesome. Well, Colin, uh, I think that's all from us. Do you want to take yeah. us out? Uh, yeah. Uh, again, um, if you guys have the opportunity to go and, and and explore the Halcyon, do it. I think this episode was very clear on how fun it can be. Uh, and for those that have done it before, I it sounds like you should go and do it again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, if you insist. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, if you're recommending it. I mean, if I must. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing that you guys can probably agree on uh, with is go with a group um, that you know and that you're friends with because that's also going to, you know, make the experience better. It's going to create such great memories uh, where probably most of the group will cry after leaving. Uh, And it's, um, yeah, because of it's, at the end of the day, it's Star Wars, and Star Wars has brought a lot of people together. And the Halcyon is just a other picture to add to the scrapbook. And I think um, I think it sounds like a wonderful opportunity. And then, if you have the chance to go to Galaxy's Edge, I highly recommend that as well. That's uh, but, very awesome. Yep. Uh, yep. But from all of us, from the Star Wars Stuff podcast and all these amazing people from Josh, Hannah, Hunter, Brenna, Sai, and Christian, uh, may the force be with you always. <laughs>